Hello again, everyone. I'm John Ray on the Price and Value Journey. And folks, I'm here today with Pete Stagey. Pete is with B2B Clarity, and he is also the author of a newly released book called On Purpose, The CEO's Guide to Marketing with Meaning. Pete is a 30-year marketing veteran. He's got a wide range of B2B technology and manufacturing business experience working from uh, Silicon Valley startups all the way to Fortune 500 firms. And he's got global experience as well in North America, Europe, and Asia. And all that experience gives him a wide breadth of perspective and experience he's going to bring to this interview, but uh, certainly in his book, which I have read, folks, I have read. So, uh, and I'm delighted to say that because it was worth every uh, minute of it. Pete Stagey, welcome to the Price and Value Journey. Thanks so much, John. Really happy to be here. Hey, it's de I'm delighted to have you. Talk about, uh, let, let's first of all, just give everyone a quick introduction to what I missed in your business. And tell, tell everyone how you're serving folks at B2B Clarity, then we'll get to the book. You know, John, I think you summed it up pretty good. Um, I, As you said, I've, I've been a marketer for you know a long career and these last two years have been a, a big change for me and, and a, just a great change where I'm you know on my own helping b2b business owners and CEOs uh, and it's been it's just been really really exciting and satisfying change for me but yeah that's what I do now is I just um, I'm able to use some of that you know gray hair I guess and <laughs> and help people solve problems and I really enjoy it one of the aspects to, to this book that you state right up front is that you believe that most CEOs, B2B CEOs, look at their marketing function and their marketing efforts, and they see that as broken. Why? Uh, and it's absolutely true. More often than not, um, they are not satisfied with their marketing. And it's usually not... Um, Oh yeah, it could be better. It's usually a pain point for them. Mm. And I, I think there's a couple of things at work there. One is, um, I think if you're at all in the business world, you, you know, what an, what a overwhelming, um, space marketing is. Um, I like to call it the marketing industrial complex. There's so many businesses and agencies and consultants, uh, and software applications all fighting for your mind share and saying that they have the greatest thing since sliced bread to, to solve your marketing problems. As a matter of fact, um, there's this really interesting uh, number, factoid. Uh, there's a guy um, that tracks, it's called Chief Martech is the organization. And he's been tracking since 2011, the number of mar marketing technology solutions available in the market. And he creates a landscape, right? 2011, the first one, 150. Mm. 2022, 9,938 of them. Oh, wow. So there's this overwhelming um, wealth of solutions, I'll say, right? Uh, so that's that's a problem because no one can get anywhere near to choosing all of them or even a collection of them, right? You're going to have to choose what you're going to do. And, and that... Um, coupled with the fact that um, there's this idea that 
oh, I'm just going to choose this thing to do. Some people call it random acts of marketing. Uh, you know, hey, we need a video. Right. Hey, let's go to the big show this year. You know, these these kind of arbitrary thoughts that are emotional sometimes or that feels good. It sounds good. Maybe it sounds fun even sometimes mm. or your competitors doing it. Right. There's all these reasons to do them. But you take this wealth of options and couple it with this this idea that uh, you can choose one and that it would be just as good by itself versus part of a bigger plan or strategy. And that doesn't work. It's like throwing stuff at the wall. Your customers are getting these, you know, blips of information from you and they're they're not consistent when they do get them. And there, you cancel yourself out. So you basically, a lot of that effort, a lot of the money you are spending, is almost is often a, a, just a waste of time because it's not helping you get closer to your customers. I'm curious about, uh, I mean, CEOs of larger B two B firms in general. They certainly are they're the chief strategy officer, right? And so this is really a matter of getting their attention diverted toward a tactic, a video or what, you know, whatever that tactic, whatever form that tactic takes instead of focusing on the strategy and executing the strategy. Um, I kind of understand it from a smaller firm point of view, you know, an entrepreneur that's kind of overwhelmed and can easily maybe get their attention distracted, but the C CEOs of bigger firms. I mean, why does this happen? Um, you know, what, what's your view on that? You've talked to a lot of them, by the way, uh, that, that was, yeah. yeah. So say, say more about that for maybe first. Uh, so I, uh, I like the fact that I started when I started my business, I, I kept track of my meeting. You know, I, I went out and wanted to talk to CEOs, right. Mm -hmm. Obviously to find customers, but also to kind of validate as a corporate marketer versus being a solution provider for a CEO, it does it translate, right? So I had a, I think I say in the book, 397 meetings, right. um, not all CEOs, but all CEO related people related to this challenge. And uh, yeah, so a lot of data points and a lot of commonality in that. And to answer your question, why, you know, do the do the larger companies, strategic CEOs, let's say, ones with a big budget and maybe even a, a marketing team, mm -hmm. they they wouldn't have this problem, right? Guess what? A lot of the places I worked over 30 years were those organizations. Mm -hmm. And I was in those marketing work teams. And there's a core problem here that, that I talked about before that. CEOs or their marketing leader or their sales leader tend to bite off more than they can chew with marketing for the reasons we said. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you could choose to do, and they tend to try to do more than they can get done, that they can be successful with. So even at the larger organizations, I remember one not too long ago where I worked over 100 marketers on this company's team, and they... And they had big plans and they were sophisticated plans, but they they often didn't finish these sophisticated projects because they were so busy with they had so many plates spinning 
it, it just scales up. Whoever you are, it's a mindset issue. It's a problem with thinking of marketing as the more the better and activity is is good versus there's a less is more theme here and a you know strategy before tactics it's less important how many things you do and it's more important why you do them mm. and that you finish that you finish what you you do it well right that's really an important part that translates up to uh i can't speak for you know multi billion dollar companies probably a different issue but certainly uh, you know for a wide range of company sizes this is a challenge for those organizations and the leaders of those organizations to get focus and um to to follow through and and thoughtfully deliver on on a on a purposeful marketing plan Pete one of the things that you talk about in the book is not just, uh, I guess, maybe marketing overload, taking on too many uh, tactics, too many initiatives. Um, but you talk about a mindset a lot and th- th- that the problem is a mindset of meaning. Explain what you're talking about there. Yeah, that's that's the core of the book, really. Um, mm-hmm. What my observation is, there's a really important hierarchy in marketing. And most businesses, most CEOs know two of the three levels and they don't even know the third level exists. The first level, which we all know, is tactics. It's all the stuff you do in marketing, right? We all know what they are. There's the website, the SEO, email, PR, all these things you do. So these are the things that have a budget line item. Um, as I said, often there's some chaos around the the um, activities, the tactics, and the more um, incoherent they are, the the less valuable they are because they they are all out there, and your customers are picking them up, and they're busy, and if they don't hear this common story, it's a problem, right? So tactics can be a real, and it's hard to deliver on them. The more you get, you get overloaded, um, right? So the next level is really important, and it really help solve that problem. And that's strategy, marketing strategy, bunch of books out there. You know, we all have our favorites probably from if you're a CEO or a, a executive. Um, and that helps bring order and priority to these tactics and uh, consistency. You know, can really help rein in the chaos. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for a lot of people, that's where it starts. That's marketing. You got your tactics and you got your strategy. Sure. I'm a, I, I strongly believe that there's a really important element above that, which is mindset. Strategy without, without mindset, without purpose, without direction, there are almost as many strategies now as there are tactics, right? And there are often multiple strategies that you need to apply to your business marketing, your marketing approach. Um, there are strategies that have to align with your sales strategies and your customer support strategies and your product development. So you can, uh, companies that think of strategy as a means to an end that are, that if, if I just come up with a really smart way to look at this, mm-hmm. it's going to solve all my problems. Mm. 
um, they end up with a well, maybe more ordered group of tactics. But I would I would say in a way they they're almost lifeless, right? They're mm. they're mercenary. Their um, their goal is to get get their goal is to get right to win the order, maximize profit, change mind perception. All those things are a good outcome, but if those are the destination, and there's not a um, a tie to why you created your business or why you are getting up every day to manage this thing. What's the vision? What's the value of your organization? If your marketing is cut off from that, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It, it's it's a lot more more um, uh, st- you know more visible in, uh, activity, but it it doesn't change the hearts and minds of your crazy busy clients uh that are are um, hesitant to come on board with somebody new uh and and it's that that mindset of meaning that says my first i need to start with okay why are we in business this isn't a marketing thing this is a why we come here every day and who is it that we're here to help because a business that gets you may say oh my goal is to make a lot of money well, you can't make a lot of money if you're not solving a problem for somebody. And, and you know, knowing that mission is the first step to marketing that works. Because if you know that mission and then you say marketing isn't a uh, by itself set aside tactic, it's actually part of us creating the bond with our relationship with our customers that that make it work. And so a little bit of a side topic here. Yeah. My definition of marketing is optimizing the relationship between your business and your your customers. So it's relationship. It's you know one word, marketing is relationship. Oh wow. I love I I love that. Um yeah, and you talk a lot about that in the book too, to uh to to, to be clear. Um um because those sound like two separate things, mindset and relationship, but they're not in your world, in your mind. No, and the reason why is picture yourself and your customer, right? There's these two, it's a company, yourself is your company, right? But it's people in your company. And then you have your customers. And if your goal is a relationship, I believe that the only way, the way you make that relationship happen, the way you spark it, um, the way you turn it on and activate it is meaning. Mm. Meaning for them and meaning for you. If you're doing things at them without without a purpose, for the bigger purpose, they can tell. Right. If they are listening to you or they are uh, interrupted by you, and there's no good reason in their mind why they should talk to you. If there's not a purpose to that, a meaning, they're not going to take the time to do it. So meaning, back to back to the word, right? Mindset of meaning. Meaning is what makes marketing create that relationship. So, Pete, let, let's let's talk about. I want to dive into relationship just a little more. Um, you know, for smaller firms, I think they think of that as one-to-one and, and, and 
very personal. They've got the capacity to handle one-to-one relationships. As firms get bigger, it gets a little trickier mm-hmm. um, because suddenly you've got sales forces and you've got layers of, of folks in your organization. And how are you talking, how do you talk about in the book, you talk about how to create relationships and how those relationships start and how they deepen. Um, cover that for us, if you would. Sure. First thing I'll say is that there, I like to call them the three superpowers of marketing. So there are three traits that you as a CEO need to have in your culture and in your organization that if you do, if those are there, then those relationships happen. But it's like the it's like the um, essential ingredients of relationship. And what they are is the first one is authenticity, being being transparent and truthful and real with your your team and your clients, right? With your world. That's one, authenticity. Mm-hmm. The second is intention, being intentional. We already talked about that, right? That's having a strategy before you choose your t- tactics. That's doing less, but doing it better. Choosing, um, being uh, purposeful, being um, doing things with the end in mind. That's intention, right? That's the second. And then the third is generosity. The first two I've heard of in an, in a marketing <laughs> sense, or really authenticity, you know, that, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, intention, absolutely, right? Being operationally good and all that. You don't hear generosity mentioned very often when it comes to marketing, but I am convinced that it is it is a total, it is absolutely a superpower. And it's 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 one of the three ingredients. You need all three, but it's often the missing one. Well, I want to get to that in, in a minute because when I read your book, I had a comment for you on that that I want to get to. <laughs> But, um, but, but I think it's counterintuitive for folks when you talk about the intention piece and you talk about let's do less. I mean, people don't want to do less, right? I mean, they, they, they want to do more because they think pressing on the accelerator is going to, what is, what's going to get them to whatever their goal is for their company. Um, and that's just counterintuitive and hard, hard for anybody to get their head around. It is. Let me, let me help a little bit with that. There's a key dynamic in marketing, and I can't speak to other functions, but it's absolutely true in marketing that there is a there is a crit a, a critical mass that you need to reach with a marketing program. Often, that until you get there, you get kind of zero results from it. Mm. So let's say you you um, decide to start posting on LinkedIn and you dabble in it or you do a poor job of it or it's confusing, whatever, you spend a lot of effort on posting on LinkedIn, but it never clicks. Nobody really, it, it does. It's not like the more you do, it's incrementally more result for you and more exposure to your clients. There's a certain level you have to get to where you you reach um, escape velocity and your, your campaign starts to make a difference and move the needle. Mm. Marketing is that way. A lot of things, Okay. So what often people do is they're so um, they feel so much pressure to do all these things that everybody's doing around marketing that they 
none of them have the mind share or enough effort available to them to get to that critical mass. So there's lots of activity going on, but very little of it is moving the needle. If you if you force yourself to first say what are what is important, right? If I had to choose three things that three programs, tactics, campaigns that would move the needle for my marketing. The, I should start with the biggest pain points, right? So mm-hmm. the first step is understanding that. But when you do, and if you can resist the temptation to do the other dozen things now and say, we're going to solve these three, we're going to launch these three things and move the needle in these three ways and check to see if we did, right? That's part of that intention is be thoughtful and and check your work and see if it worked. You'll your odds of success go way up because you're able to spend the right amount of time, your team or you or your agency, whatever it might be, you have the time and money needed to do it well, right? So it does two things. It moves the needle, but also now you're a brand that does things well, does things well. You start to to look like you're good at what you do. And and communicating and making relationships is part of what you do, right? So that's I, I hope that helps with the less is more. But it's true in so many um factors. It's true with uh how much content you put on your website. Mm. B2B companies, especially uh tech B2B, they tend to try to explain everything on their website and put a lot of acronyms on there. So that's a, another example of less is more, right? Right. Don't don't try to explain it all because they don't have time to grasp it. Um, another example is um, your priorities with your team, right? Is your team all on board with what's important right now? Are, are they all rowing the same direction? Often people have multiple uh, priorities that confuse their team. And here's here's maybe the most important one. Companies need one story. I like to call it the true story, their true story. Um, But they need one story about who they are, whom they serve, how that target, it benefits from them. And you tell it in a lot of different ways, but you got to have that one story. So that's another less is more um, example. Okay. Now I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I may get you in trouble here. Let's see where this goes, but let's do it. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's dive into this because, um, this, the less is more is not where the, I'll say a lot of the outside marketing firms and really even the inside marketing folks, uh, end up right. I mean, because, right. um, and, and, and so there's a lot of pressure on, the CEO or the owner of a business um, from their own marketing people on this, right? And and um, that's what I think is so hard for them. I mean, let, let's is am I? Is it just the marketing people I run into, or, or do you see that? <laughs> do you see that out there as well? Well, I do see it out there, and it's totally understandable, John. Yeah, um, they're. You know, it's their job, right? And mm-hmm. more is uh, more is the the shorter path to um, looking like your progress, right? Because you can quickly point to the work to the activity, right? Um, 
There's also more budget that comes with more sometimes. Well, that yeah, that's where I was going, right? I mean, it. it's in yeah. Um, and it's not that people are, you know, their intent isn't good, but there's a lot of just natural impulse situation here that it's it's understandable why it happens so much, right? Because it is counterintuitive and it doesn't always uh, sometimes the rewards are delayed, right? Mm-hmm. There's just delayed gratification. Because there's another connection here, which I'm sure you've heard, uh, which I've heard from a lot of CEOs is, I just need leads. I need leads and I need them now and I need more. And what can you do to get me those leads um, next month? Sometimes there's a fun, surprising little tweak that does something like that. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I think you've picked up from my view, at least marketing is an ecosystem. Marketing is a relationship building engine and it doesn't happen overnight. And there is uh, to set, to set up that right environment with your, your team and your customers um, and your prospects. It takes time to, for it to play out. And, and those, those leads come more organically usually throwing money at um you know at google ads the more you put in doesn't mean the more good leads you get out and the more revenue you get out there are like i said sometimes you get lucky and there's an opportunity in the market and you want to be ready for those opportunities mm-hmm. but that comes after you've understood this this the needs here right and the journey your customers on and that's when you see the opportunity it doesn't happen which i see so often where ceos hire a, a vendor to do that one tactic, one off in a vacuum. And they say, well, you're going to mint money with this thing. You, you know, wow, this is going to be awesome. It doesn't happen very often for all the reasons I just said. Mm. Okay. So Pete, we talked about authenticity. I think we've covered intention. So let's get to my favorite part of your book. <laughs> uh, generous marketing and and uh and i have to tell folks when when i read pete's book i i wrote him a note and said you need to name this book generous marketing and to his credit he ignored my advice so because <laughs> he knows what he's doing but that'll be my next book John. Okay, okay there you go um and i'll read that one uh as well um i loved that concept and let, but let's define that in your words uh, what is generous marketing so for me, I like to describe it as uh, customer centricity on steroids, right? This is, we've all heard about customer first, and mm-hmm. that's a standard platitude and obvious reasons. Of course, we want to put our customers first. Mm-hmm. Generous marketing is taking that to another level where putting your customer first isn't, um, isn't a means to an end. It's not something you do so you can make more money. It's the paradox of really believing and wanting what's best for your customer and changing the behavior of your organization to maximize that and in a Zen way, magically, that's where the most success comes because uh, customers can tell. And it's it's organic, right? It's it's deep in their bones that they can tell that you are trying to help them, and that draws them to you more than 
any persuasive thing you can come up with saying, right? So that's part, that's the, that's the essence of it. And it shows itself often in a couple things. One is um, it's not about you, right? So what, what I, when people aren't generous, they care about their customers. Of course they do, but they, um, they're just so excited about what they do to help their customer mm-hmm. that that's what they talk about. Mm. Look at, look at how good we are. Look at, we are so, we are the best provider for you. And they sincere, they are, they're sincere, but your customer doesn't want to hear about you. They want to hear about how you can help them. So the story needs to start with their problem and relieving it. And it just so happens that it's that thing you do so well that does that. And that it's a subtle difference, but it's, it, they notice, they notice, um, and they will be drawn to you with your solution for their problem more than they will with your skill and your expertise. Yeah, I think it's so important what you just said about how there's a subtle difference to this. And it's so subtle that I'm not sure a lot of companies and uh, marketing uh, gurus, marketing executives, uh, and, and CEOs get the difference. Mm-hmm. Um I think everybody thinks their marketing is is uh, helpful, right? We're trying to help. I think most people think that, but there is a difference that the client can see. So dive into that a little more. Yeah. um, So I think I I totally agree with you. It's subtle, right? And but powerful. Mm -hmm. And. uh, just maybe a couple other insights along the way that may help people make sense of this. Let me paint a picture. Yeah. Um, some things that generous marketing is not. So persuasion is one thing. Um, persuasion is a is an interesting topic for me. When I was early in my, um, actually, my favorite example is, I, I used to say, I'm a marketer. I used to say, oh my gosh, I hate sales. I would never be a salesperson. And my memory is, going door to door as a junior high, you know, a 12 year old or whatever, selling uh, raffle tickets mm. and having to knock on somebody's door and interrupt their life and say, would you buy these things for me? Knowing that they had no, you know, I didn't believe in this was going to help make their life better. Mm-hmm. And I, I, since then I'm realizing what I didn't like about that wasn't selling. What I didn't like about that was putting myself first. Right. Mm. And and trying to talk them in, and that's where persuasion comes in. Um, the best marketing doesn't have to convince a client of something that they don't already know or already want. The best marketing um, finds the people that they truly can help, the people that need them, and shares the good news about the solution that they have for them. Right. It's it's more of an awareness and an education opportunity. It, three things: awareness, education, and a gift. Right? It's do the gift, start giving. This is another subtle difference here. You, you may say, I, you know, we believe in our, we want our customers to succeed. I will ask you a tough, a hard question. Ask yourself this: Is your motive in your mind? Is your motive how how do I maximize my revenue from this client? Mm. Or is your motive, how much can I give away before I have to charge them? Now, those are extremes. 
But I believe that if you truly could find a way to have that second perspective, and an example of that in the B2B tech world is thought leadership and content, um, where you're an expert at what you do. Again, you're you're looking for people that need how you can help them because you want to help them, right? Right. And you say, you know what? I have this service for them that someday, hopefully, they'll let me, you know, let me do for them and they'll pay me. But in the meantime, I have these these tips, or I have this this framework, or I have this um, how to guide that will help. You know, as they read this, their life's going to be better today. They're going to solve a problem that I know they have because I'm an expert on what they what that problem is. I can give that to them for free, and they're going to be, that helps me eventually because they, um, again, they got it for free. Um, and if, if I don't do that, if I start with, rather than giving them something for free, I start with, uh, Hey, I'm going to ask you to give me something for free. Maybe your email address Mm -hmm. or have a meeting with me. And my only message is, yeah, I, I just want you to I, do me a favor almost is what it almost ends up being like, right? Right. Step back from that for a minute. Is that right? Do you really want to ask your customer to pay you first? Generous marketing gives first and then as as long as you can. And again, that's where you look at free demo. What is it? You know, what is it we can give? Is it a free trial? And of course, the math needs to work. You can do it in such a way that it pays for itself. Uh, and I will use an example. I'll use an extreme example. Um, Apple, obviously. Everyone knows the Apple story. I'm a happy, happy Apple user. And no, they're not perfect. but I, And I pay a lot for their hardware and their services and their subscriptions. I pay more than I could for other people. Mm-hmm. Because I I feel like I'm getting more than I'm paying. It's it's um yeah, I don't feel like I'm getting skin flinted along the way, you know. You're getting value. Uh I'm getting value consistently. Right. And it's not like I got I I looked for a deal and I I got one over on them, right? It's a it's again, it's a trusted relationship right. where I know what I I'm I that's back to brand, right? Mm-hmm. I have an expectation of value from my my provider, you have the opportunity as a generous marketer to focus first on the relationship by giving in ways that will connect them with because you know you can help them and that's a profitable relationship long term. Just trust it. Make invest in the relationship, and that's how you build that expectate you know that expected value brand over time. So, Pete. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the response a lot of folks have to what you're talking about is if I give everything away, because I think what they hear is it's all or nothing when, when you, right. You, right. Yep. Uh, when I give everything away, then why are they going to hire me? Right. I mean, so respond to that, to that, uh, thought that I think is going around in some heads out there. If everything you have to offer them, everything they need, everything they value that you can offer them, they can get it from that content or email. Mm-hmm. You probably need to rethink your product offering. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I believe that if you if you are if you are not this and this doesn't work for commodities, I'll say it right up front. But if you're in the business where you have back back to that beginning, you've identified that your company has a unique reason to exist, something you do nobody else can offer them, and you know who it is that has that need that only you can offer. Um, I have found that companies that give without limit within economic reality, right? Of course, at some point you charge, mm -hmm. but if you don't, don't try to hold back because maybe they won't need you. Um, if you, if you've truly found that product market fit, they absolutely will. Uh, the ones that are going to be profitable long-term customers, um, they want help, right? You're the expert. You've just made the case from your help that one, you're trusted. Two, you know your stuff because mm. I'm using your ideas. Right. And you're really good at this. Mm -hmm. And this is important to my business. So I'm going to get some more of that goodness from you. I, I need to sign up. You know, tell me about what you can, how else you can help me. And back to what I said, if, if your answer is, well, it's pretty much what I shared with you in that spreadsheet. You, you haven't thought through your value proposition and your, your service offering or your product offering, because you have more to give them than what you can give them in a, in a, you know, quick piece of content. Well, let me, uh, let me put it away that, that I'm going to let you either agree or disagree and tell me where you disagree. Um, you know, if, 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 uh, you're, let's take your book, for example, I mean, somebody thinks, well, I can get all the Pete's secrets by reading his book, right? <laughs> because you're a generous marketer. So you're going to put it all in the book. Um, the problem with, um, that line of thinking and then being, uh, let's call it stingy or whatever you want to, uh, term you want to give it. The problem with that line of thinking is what it discounts is the fact that if I read your book and I'm a CEO and I agree with what you're saying, hiring you is going to help me get there much faster. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, um, you know, I buy into everything you say, okay, you've laid it all out for me, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to get there much faster by hiring you and my results are much more assured. Right. Right. Another way to say that agreed. Another mm -hmm. way to say that is I'm a CEO of a business. If you're, if you know, my client is a CEO of a business, mm -hmm. they have a lot more to think about than their marketing. <laughs> right. And they're looking, as you said, they're looking for help that starts with some ideas mm -hmm. and the book can give them that. I also do videos on LinkedIn, which again, it's a way for me to give them three or four minutes of ideas mm -hmm. and they can quickly just, Oh, okay. That's something to think about. Um, both the book and the videos share what's possible. But to your point, I'm in the business of helping CEOs transform their marketing and create an ecosystem that that runs, right? That it keeps going. Right. And there may be some out there, just to be clear. There may be some small business owners, some founders where DIY is their solution. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'm... I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. I believe that there's my market is rich enough that 
I can give some stuff away and nobody's going to ever need. And some of those people will never need any more for me. But there's enough CEOs and businesses out there that, as you said, they see they the idea is just plant a seed for them. Right. And they need help to implement it. And that's my opportunity to, to really move the needle with them. Yeah, and and uh, B two B services provider out there. I I'm using Pete as an example here. Um, you know, look at yourself the same way. I mean, it 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 um and and what you've got to offer the same way. At that DIYer as you brought up, I think it's a great point, uh, Pete. They're never going to hire you hire you anyway, right? So it really doesn't matter what the message is to that particular uh group of clients. They're never going to hire you. So it so don't worry about them. Can I add to that? Please. Those DIYers that may not hire you, could be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hire you. But what they might do is be at a dinner party, say, I just read the most interesting book. Mm. A colleague of mine that's also a business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I It was really interesting. I got something out of it. Mm. Right? So that's, to me, that's better marketing than anything I could write to that person they know at the dinner party is that their friend that they trust suggesting that there's value from me. And that person might be the right one that I could help. So I have to come back to one, one point and you've made so many great points here that it's hard for me to keep up with them all, Pete. Sorry about that. But one, you may, you talked about always trying to persuade and that, yeah. that, that being a problem. So yeah. I take it that all these lead pages I see and all these um, uh, posts I see that are always trying to get me to sign up for the latest webinar or the you know the latest sales uh, coaching whatever I mean you know uh, uh, you're not really in favor of that kind of thing. Um, I I'm going to disagree with that. Okay, well, if, the, the, if, I'm glad I brought it up then. Yeah. If I, if I have done the, if I've done the work to understand the strategy, as I talked about, Mm -hmm. and I know what the, my ideal customer's journey is, there's a point on that journey where that webinar, a a webinar is another way to help, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's a point on that journey where giving them some tools or some, some perspective or a case study or something about their problem is helps, then that's a great thing to do. Maybe what, what you're saying, you met, you mentioned the persuasion thing. Yeah. It's not tricking them into going mm. It's again, being authentic and generous and saying, Hey, people out there, wherever you, you can find them. Maybe it is email. Maybe it's a web ad could be, but it's gotta be that. Val- it's a valuable offer. It's not, uh, uh, clickbait, right? You're not trying right. to deceive them into coming and uh, deceive them into the value of your webinar. To me, best marketing is authentically sharing the good news of, I have this thing that will be valuable for you. You can come for free, come mm. to my webinar. Here's, here's a way to do it. Make it as easy as, you know, again, it's about them. What's easy, what's valuable. And then yes. So there's a role for that. Terrific. Now, um, Pete, we could keep, we could go on for a while, but I probably ought to let you get back to working with clients. But when, when let's sum this up, I, you know, it, we, we, 
I definitely encourage folks read the book, but, but sum it up for us, Pete. I mean, in terms of just, you talked about the takeaways, the takeaways that a B2B uh, services or product company ought to think about. So I, if I had to summarize it, you know, what I would, what I would encourage CEO uh, CEOs and other business owners out there to do is take the time when it comes to marketing, take the time to set aside what you're doing and do some, do some soul searching and think about these, these three things. This about is my marketing authentic, my marketing and my team and my culture. Is it authentic? Is it intentional? Are we, or do we have a reason for everything we're doing? Is it generous? All the things we talked about there. And if it's not, can I, you know, I'd encourage you to consider it, consider it's a different approach. And, you know, in marketing, anytime you can do something different than everybody else is doing, something to think about because standing out is a good thing in this, in this world. Right. So I, I hope CEOs out there, uh, you know, go to a quiet place for a couple hours and, and just maybe think, think through that, those ideas and see how they apply to you. And, uh, there might be some, some real gems of opportunity for your business with this kind of a mindset of meaning, um, as, as a, as a reason for what you're doing in your marketing. Yeah, and it sounds like folks ought to think about getting some different perspective on this, right? Because their own perspective may be a little jaded. They may think they're more generous than they really are. They think they're more intentional or authentic than they really are. Um, so maybe some third-party perspective, maybe asking their employees, right? I mean, uh, they're, they're, yes. yeah, I mean, so get get more ideas on this than just what you come up with over a weekend. I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with what you said. I love what you said. Mm -hmm. Here's the even easier than taking that introspection time. Take a little time and do a poll of your employees. As you said, ask them some open-ended questions. Why, why do you think we're in business? Mm. Um, What's the most important, what's our most important message? What, what, you know, what do we tell people? Something simple like that you might be very surprised at the variety of answers you get. Oh. Two, two problems there. One is they're not the answers you want. Right. And two is everybody's got a different answer. Mm-hmm. It's a good starting place to say, I think I need to put a little effort into this, this purpose thing. <laughs> wow. Lots to think about folks from Pete Stege. He is the author of On Purpose, The CEO's Guide to Marketing with Meaning. Uh, and he's also uh, the founder and uh, CEO of his own firm, B2B Clarity. Uh, Pete, this has been great. And uh, I would love it if you could share some coordinates with folks, because I can't imagine there aren't some folks that would like to be in touch. Sure. And John, thanks so much for the opportunity. It was a great chat today. Thank you. People can reach me. I find the easiest way is on LinkedIn, uh, Pete Stege, S-T-E-E-G-E. Or um, my website, b2bclaritymarketing.com. Terrific. And you can find the book on all the usual outlets, folks. Um, so, again, do check it out. I've, I've read it, and it's terrific. And it's, uh, it's, it's a uh, quick read, but, but 
yeah. dense with a lot of things to take away. So, um, so check it out on purpose, the CEO's guide to marketing with meeting Pete Stagey. Pete, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, John. Hey folks, I just want to remind you that, uh, you can find previous episodes of this show, the price and value journey, just go to pricevaluejourney.com. Um, and if you'd like to connect with me directly, uh, just, you can email me john at johnray.co. Thank you for joining us.